0: nhr the podcast with junior and pat hello nai hoops nation and hello pat uh, welcome to episode five of nhr the podcast uh it was another busy week uh we talked about it a little bit last time we had a lot of great matchups uh they all seem to uh have lived up to the hype uh pat and that you know as you said on twitter uh you know, some of those uh, good wins came from some of the coaches that we had on the uh, the podcast—not just last week, but that we've had on uh, this entire yeah. season.
1: Well, listen, I'll tell you what: if if you are an NAIA program and you've got a big game coming up in the next coming weeks, I'd be doing to get on NHR the podcast. I mean, this is the place to go if you want to guarantee—I don't want to say guarantee—but if you want to put yourself in a good position to pick up a big win, you need to be on this podcast.
0: You're right, and and unfortunately, uh, I I hope uh, I hope we're picking the right uh, one. I hope we're not jinxing anybody, but two, yeah. uh, we yeah. do have several coaches uh, that contact us every week uh, trying to get on. Um, so we do have a couple coaches that are are uh, that are weeks. Well, let's um, be clear we're
1: we're only responsible
0: for the wins. We're not we're not responsible for losses. You can't put that over. is absolutely right. That is one hundred percent factual. <laughs> but uh, no, I you know I can't. Uh, can't emphasize uh, enough. Uh, happy for Coach Von Vogt, uh and just a program. Um, great guy. I mean, all the coaches we've had on have been been great listens, and and uh, I appreciate it. not that just them coming on, giving us some time, but uh, um, just shows uh, shows just the great coaches that we have at the NAI level as well. And, and uh, they got two big wins uh, this weekend. Uh, beat beating uh, Indiana Wesleyan, and then on Sunday night Concordia. they knocked off Concordia uh, out of Nebraska, another top 25 team. So. They're gonna head back uh, to California on a high note, uh, you know. Then last week's episode, uh, Florida College uh, and uh, in southeastern Florida uh, came on, and uh, they got some good wins this week as well. I know that uh, both of them fell uh, at the hands of Olivet Nazarene uh, out of the came down to came down to Florida and had a, had a tremendous weekend weekend themselves. Um, they should surely uh, have done done some good work here lately to, yeah. to maybe crack the, the top twenty five. We're, we're kind of in a unique situation with top twenty five rankings too, because we're a month or month out now. It was coming about every two weeks, um, and then now uh, with the, not a lot of action over the next uh, in, until we turn the the calendar over into January, uh, the new rankings will come out actually in the middle of January. So a month between rankings. So a lot of people will be trying to trying to get their resumes going, but plenty of plenty of people uh, uh, made made some very strong cases this weekend right yeah and i think all of
1: that definitely like you said it deserves to be in the top 25 but alex gross obviously is a great player but they're starting to get production from from multiple guys at this point and they are kind of the the top of the class in the ccac and you know we'll see what happens obviously in the crossroads league i think they'll start kind of cannibalizing themselves but William and Jessup, like you said William and Jessup, like you said is just off and running they're on the tear them and all of that couldn't have had better weekends
0: yeah and I don't want to preface this by or I do want to preface this by saying I'm not trying to hate obviously, on the on the crossroads league they they have a, a ton of great tradition and, and it, always a great league but man I, I can't remember them and, and this is a credit to them not a not a, a hateful comment on them but uh, I can't remember them losing so many games a non-conference uh, action like you just said, you know, usually they they get in the league play. They beat everybody out of the league, and then they get in the league play and they beat them, beat each other up. But uh, you know, it's a it's been a unique year for for just watching them. And, and they they always play a tough schedule. So part of that's uh, that built in there too. But uh, they're definitely losing a lot of games this year. So it'd be interesting to see kind of how that affects them going into conference play. And, and as they uh, as we turn the, the page on the end of January again, you know, if they regroup and and then who uh, you know out of those that core four there and even uh, even uh teams like yeah. huntington and and uh, bethel you know and teams like that that uh, are trying to come up and, and crack that top four of the crossroads league uh just to see who how it's gonna pan out because you know we, we saw i and, you know wesleyan you know they had back-to-back uh huge wins uh uh double figure wins uh at marion and then at st francis uh that was that, that Actually, kind of sent Saint Francis into a, a downward spiral a little yeah. bit, but uh, yeah. um, you know, just you know, you saw them go and, and win two road games that are going to be huge when it comes down to winning their conference championship uh, down the road. Um, but then they go out of the conference and, and they've. Lost to Rochester, and then they lost to a, a very, very good Will and Justin team. Like one of those things where where we're not seeing that we're not used to seeing the Crossroads League lose as much as they've have. But uh, you know, right. definitely a team. You know, again, and not trying to discredit them by by any stretch of imagination. So don't don't take uh, my words and get them twisted. But uh, just not just surprised. You know, they're they're always such a great yeah. big it, it doesn't like they
1: had a bunch of talent leave last year right you know what I mean Mangus is gone Cruz is gone Walter from from Marion is gone so I think that the, there's definitely probably they're due for a changing of the guard in the crossroads I, I think which probably we'll see over the, the course of the next few years but yeah it, it has been interesting um you know you see Bethel they're kind of a traditional power they're down a little bit this year so We'll see. I mean, there some guys are going to have to step up, and and we'll get into this in a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what some of those teams like if they look in a different, you know, starting next semester.
0: Yeah, and and kind of what you said, we we kind of talked about this about all of it Nazarene uh, earlier a couple podcasts ago or a couple episodes ago. But uh, you know, some of these teams, like you said, when they when you lose uh, very core pieces and, and for them, and they were very elite uh, pieces for each of those teams. Um, you're talking about, you know, first team all Americans, you're talking about Mangus who, you know, was two time player of the year, you know, and things like that. So, you know, you're losing leap pieces and all of it, Nazarene lost a lot of pieces last year uh, around Alex Gross. And we talked about it, too, you know, sometimes it just takes a little bit while to, to get those pieces back going and, and working, you know, and and uh, figuring out how they, they exist together. And, and that you're seeing all it Nazarene now take off uh, and get back to kind of what we're expecting of, of ONU and, um, you know, you, you expect a lot of teams around, not just the teams we mentioned from the Crossroads League, but teams all around the country that are starting to get to that point of the year where they've played enough together where they're starting to figure each other out a little bit.
1: And you're, you're still, like you said, you're starting to see young guys really starting to figure out, right? So now if you've got a freshman that's played kind of starters minutes, they're, they're a full-grown college basketball player at this point, right? So the young guys are, are no longer being dragged along. The young guys are part of the core they're part of the team and they're ready to contribute.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's something you're seeing all around the country. Uh, a, a freshman in, 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 you say freshman kind of loosely right now, because of, of what we've talked about, you know, right episode yeah. now, but, uh, cause there are some second year freshmen as well, but, but those true freshmen we're talking about that, you know, that, uh, and we're actually getting ready to, to talk to a, a program that actually has a, a true freshman that's been performing pretty well. But, you know, it's it's those true freshmen that, uh, yeah, like you said, maybe a little bit inconsistent early on as they adapt to the speed of the game. And um, I don't care what tempo you play at the college level. If you play, you know, in the 90s or the 70s, the, the speed of the game at the college level is still so much different than high school. that There is an adjustment period. And, and, you know, you're starting to get to that period of, of year, maybe, maybe a little bit more into January, whether or not, where those true freshmen aren't true freshmen anymore, and they're, you know, as the, especially in into league play, and um, and we talked about this before too, but it, it's you know you're, as you're getting into league play, teams starting to get scout reports on on these freshmen too, and that's a uh, that's another adjustment period they'll have to have uh, coming in January and February, and then as we get into tournament play, you know, they, then you start uh, seeing a lot of those kids that just kind of settle in and and uh, start being coming players, and that's that's always a fun thing for us to watch as well.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to be the next Magnus, <laughs> you know, obviously big shoes to build, but who's going to be that next four year player that just kind of wreaks havoc on all the NAI. So uh, you you said it, the guy's starting to find their rhythm, starting to find their flow um, and and really adjusting to the college game.
0: Yeah. Speaking of uh really good freshmen, that, uh, you know, we just kind of talked about a uh, uh, program uh, college of Idaho program that is uh, they're coming off a big weekend and they, 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 uh, they, they have great tradition at, at College of Idaho, too, and, and especially when they were, uh, you know, when we were two divisions, they had a lot of, a lot of great success in the division or as NEI Division Two program. Um, and then as the field uh, goes into 64 uh, this year, down from 48, um, you know, College of Idaho will certainly uh, have already put themselves at a great position early on. I don't want to guarantee anybody, but definitely a team that should be in um, with an with with extended field and a, a team that's playing some great basketball right now. Um, but that freshman, one of those freshmen that we've been uh, kind of talking about um, that's a true freshman and, and playing up a, a lot of great, uh, having a lot of great, great, great games already um, is Drew Wyman, out of great falls, Montana. And we'll talk to coach Colby Blaine here in a little bit uh, about him, but uh, just one of those freshmen that, you know, is the Amangus level, you know, maybe not quite yet, but a kid that is is putting up some great numbers already um, and just a fun kid to watch and, um, if, if you're looking for those, we talked about it in a couple episodes, maybe our first episode of the year. You know, as you're you're looking at some kids to follow for four or five years, you know, Drew's one of them that uh, you definitely need to keep an eye on.
1: Well, yeah, and he was Mr. Basketball in the state of Montana. Like, how many times do you hear that, that a guy who wins Mr. Basketball is going to an NAI school? So, I think we say it all the time in here. We'll probably say it until we're blue in the face. The talent level of the NAI is just changing. It's changing. There's better players. There's better competition. And Drew Wyman is kind of one of those guys that's going to start changing the way the NEI landscape
0: looks. You know, I saw a I saw a tweet earlier today, uh, or earlier this weekend from uh, from uh, William Payne, who's a you know a, a big basketball advocate, small college advocate, uh, does a lot of great things across social media and things like that. Um, if you're not uh, following him, make sure uh, you go follow uh, at tweets by Coach P. Uh, but anyway, he uh, was talking about you know that uh, one of the hardest things to do is recruit. Uh, kids like that because it's hard it's a hard job for an NEI to go recruit a kid like that because a lot of these teams uh y- you may spend a lot of time recruiting that kid just for him to go and, and lose them to a division one program but uh, good good to see college of idaho go ahead and snag one of those kids because uh, it is good for the NEI to have have talent uh that come in as freshmen and, and again like we said get a watch for four or five years uh as they grow and mature and become uh, you know, I don't, again, I don't want to compare anybody to Kyle Mangus, but you know, you get to follow a kid like that for four or five years and uh, see them what will reach the elite level of, of competition.
1: Right. Yeah. And just a guy that it's always awesome to see young guys who play starters Sorry. minutes for four years just starting to figure it out. You know what I mean? And really kind of control the game and play within themselves, whether it's getting to their spot or, you know, just finding their rhythm within the offense. It's always fun to see a guy who is just always under control and knows how to play and just knows exactly where to be on the court. And and you see them as seniors, and it's like, man, this guy just makes it look so easy. I was blessed to see Travion Cruz play a ton. And that guy never – he played so fast, but never felt like he was going a million miles an hour. Just a a true joy to watch to see him develop and just advance his game along.
0: Yeah, and speaking of the – the College of Idaho. just uh, they, not only do they have great great tradition, but um, uh, Coach Kobe Blaine, who uh, will be coming on. Uh, he has most wins by a coach before, 100 games in program history. Um, he's just doing a great job uh, with this Yoke basketball program. Join us today, uh, Coach Kobe Blaine from College of Idaho. Uh, the yotes are ten and three on the year, and coach, I know, uh, I know those three losses. Uh, uh, you know, you can say whatever you want to say about the three losses this year, but they're to to some of the best teams in the country. I mean, you guys lost to uh, obviously number two Carroll um, in, in a in a neutral court battle, a uh, eight point loss there. Um, you guys lost in the Mayor's Cup uh, uh, to Northwest Nazarene, arrival, uh, NCAA Division two program. Um, And Then lost on the road, uh, a very veteran and very good, uh, better than the record uh, shows Oregon Tech team who is uh, starting to find their groove a little bit. So um, can you just talk about the season so far?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've always believed in scheduling tough um, and, and, uh, you know, we've had some great wins this year as well, beating Montana Tech twice and uh, Montana Western, and then including all those other games that you, you had just mentioned, we've had a heck of a schedule. We played 10 games in 26 days. We call it the gauntlet. Um, we know a lot of other colleges, you know, packing a lot of games in November. But it's been a great uh, preseason for us. We're, we're super young. I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into that. But we're starting three freshmen. Um, and to be 10 and three sitting on Christmas break after, a, you know, a heck of a preseason schedule, I'm pretty pleased,
0: to be honest with you. It's been a, It's been a pretty fun deal watching us grow over the last two months. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, you guys uh, you guys came, come back home or returned back home this past weekend and uh, got a, a nice win against uh, Walla Walla and followed up with a uh, uh, top 25 uh, battle and, and won that one with Lois Clark State. Um, I know you mentioned your three freshmen. I know uh, you, you got Ricardo Time still there, the, the veteran, but uh, you want to talk about your group a little bit and just kind of uh, uh, for those that maybe don't know, uh, I know you guys, uh, I know you said you're young, but you want to kind of just run through your program a little bit? Yeah, so I
2: mean, we have two c- kind of complete different spectrums. We have we have three uh, seniors that are playing for us that have all been with us for four or five years. In in Ricardo time, Derek Wadsworth, and and then our 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 kind of our team leader, and um, you know some people might call him the the, the dad or the cool uncle, Ivory Miles Williams, who's in his fifth year, coming off a torn Achilles last year, just had an, a, an awesome game against Lewis and Clark State. This other. Um, you know, last Saturday here with 19 points and eight rebounds. So we have this veteran crew who was with us two seasons ago when we were number one in the country, 26-game win streak. You know, we we went undefeated in the uh, Cascade Conference uh, regular season, first time in the history of the conference, um, and that's when COVID hit at the national tournament. Those, those three guys were with us and playing a major part of that team. Um, and so they've been really important to us this year, you know, we really believe in our program that that a lot of our success comes from having great storytellers. Um, we we've been able to dodge a lot of bullets. We think by having veterans, by having seniors that are able to bring our new guys up to speed and and kind of just let them know, like, hey, this is what it's like to play here at the College of Idaho. This is what it's like to play, you know, against Montana Tech or against Lewis and Clark State, or this is what it's like to travel. And so. We have this great veteran group who is telling a lot of great stories to our young guys. But then on the other side, you look you look at our roster, and technically on paper, we have ten freshmen. Now, five of those are true freshmen, and then five of those are, you know, I guess you could call COVID freshmen. Um, but you know, they didn't get a whole lot of game experience last year. Those guys that were with us, we only played seventeen total games last year. So I kind of consider all of them freshmen. Um, and so we have this awesome, you know, group that's young and eager to learn. And uh, but I think the thing that we're seeing with these freshmen is they're physically ready to produce at a high level in the NAI for sure. Um, I mean, we're starting three of them in in kind of our leading freshmen and our leading scorers, Drew Wyman, a six-five power forward um, who's super athletic and just physical. Um, and then we started another six, five forward and Caden Handron is leading us in rebounds, um, and a great distributor. And and then Tyler Robinette's anchoring our defense at six, seven and kind of protecting that rim. And so, um, you know, some of those early losses are definitely things that we've learned, you know, we've, we've had to learn from, um, but we're seeing these freshmen are able to handle the pressures that, that come from playing in our program.
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, Drew, you mentioned Drew Wyman, uh. Um, you know, he's actually a kid that you uh, brought up to us a, a, at the beginning of the year. You kind of already knew that he was he was prime for a big year. And uh, but to, can you just kind of talk about? You know, I think it's a it's fun to to discuss because Drew was a Mr. Basketball in the state of Montana. Um, and just uh, you, you know, you don't see a lot of those players or a lot of those type of players seem to overlook you know this level of play. And then you guys uh, were able to snap one up. Can you guys just talk about kind of uh, maybe give the audience a. a picture of kind of how the recruiting goes in that situation and how you guys are able to, to win over, you know, I know you guys have beat some division ones as well in the past, but um, can you just talk about kind of how you guys win a big recruit over like that?
2: Yeah. Well, specifically with Drew, um, you know, he's very relationship driven. Um, he's very experience driven. Um, he had two division one offers um, that were, were not as local to him as maybe he wanted um, and so when he started really evaluating, you know, what's important to him and what what makes him happy, what drives him, uh, I think we really became a, a quick option uh, just because we do have um, a great relationship with him. I've had a chance to coach him in some AAU uh, basketball um, and just kind of known him for a long time. We also, you know, he wants to be a doctor and and he's doing his pre-med and we have one of the best pre-med programs in the country. And so that certainly helped um, in terms of Drew. But, Um, drew included with all of our talented freshmen and all of our talented players that um, are choosing to come here instead of, you know, going to a a low major division one or division two is uh, we have a lot of, we, we have a lot of great things to sell here, but the best thing that we have to sell here is just the flat out experience. I mean, you're coming to one of the top academic institutions in the country. We currently lead the country in attendance right now. Um, we, we we average more fans than 117 Division ones right now, um, so you know when a kid's evaluating, man, what what's going to actually make me happy at the end of the day? It's it's being in a place where people care. It's being in a place where you you can compete for championships, which at the end of the day, that's just going to develop who you are as a person. Um, you know, we have a lot of great opportunities here to uh, to to grow individually that not a lot of other programs get. And I, I think our recruits really see that and it kind of separates us at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. And, and you talked about that experience and, and the, some of that, that tradition, you guys, uh, um, that you have going on there, and, and you've been able to carry on a, as a coach. Um, you know, you're the fast, or you got the, the best record in a hundred wins, uh, or a hundred games, uh, you know, there at college of Idaho, uh, um, just kind of a, a personal record. And I know, uh, um, you have a lot of freshmen this year but you know you talked about those three those three older guys that are kind of leading the way and and uh you guys have, have you, you got tested a little bit against college of Idaho, or sorry against the uh, Oregon tech on the road um but can you just talk about the cascade and, and some of these monster trips that you guys have to take and playing the back-to-backs and and uh just having those three older older guys there to to, to teach those freshmen but also uh you know not just the, about the game and how you guys play but Ah, uh, to get them ready for for one of the best leagues in the country and and the travel that you guys do have to take because it, it is a unique situation out there um in the cascade where you guys play Friday, Saturday, most games and or most uh, weekends for conference games. and then uh, uh, it's not easy on a freshman.
2: Yeah, it's I think we're one of the, the biggest secrets, you know in in college basketball out here. Uh, this is this is a heck of a conference. I mean, if you really if you if you dive into it, We've had a team, if you include LCSC, Lewis and Clark State, who's just joined us this last year. I mean, they played in the national championship last year. Lewis and Clark uh, State played in it, uh, excuse me, Oregon Tech played in the national championship game three years ago. We were the number one team in the country when COVID hit at the national tournament. I mean, this league is, is deep, and not only is it talented, but it's proven. I mean, our teams are going to the national tournament. And having success and I think a lot of it is the question that you're asking Uh, that's what develops as playing Friday and Saturday night there are not many teams in the country who play back-to-back so all of a sudden you get to the national tournament and you got to play four games in five days our our teams are you know our players they understand how their bodies work how the grind works they understand how to turn around a quick scout Um, you know uh, there's depth at our at our conference. Most of our, our really good teams have a lot of depth because they you can't play Friday Saturday night without playing eight nine ten guys. There there are a lot of teams in the country who will just try to play six guys, and you just can't do that when you're going to play back to so, backs. So this this conference is special, uh, but it is grueling. We we already took our OIT and Southern Oregon trip, which is about nine hours on the bus for us. Uh, but you know what? I love the bus. It, we get into recruiting battles all the time with with Division twos, and and one of their favorite things to sell is that you know kids are going to be on airplanes traveling to games, and and one of my favorite responses is that airplanes just as miserable after a loss as the bus is. So <laughs> you know, so come to a place where you can win, and that bus ride's a whole lot happier. I tell you that, uh, but I I believe in the bus rides. I mean that that's where your kids really develop, hanging out in the hotel, you know, being on the road together. I think it's pretty special. I don't that a lot of teams maybe don't necessarily get when they don't have to travel as much as we do.
0: No, and I, and I agree to that. It's something that I've always uh, I always thought that that did give you guys an advantage. And that's uh, you know, you guys when you get to you know be Kansas City now, it was uh, you know, been a couple different places when you were in Division Two. But uh, you know, when you get down to Kansas City, you guys uh, your league will be ready for the hotels and you guys like you said the quick scouts and the. The turnaround and the back-to-backs, and and it does give you an advantage, and that's that's a unique situation for you. And um, you know, you guys uh, don't want to go backwards too much here and and, and talk about it, but you're coming off a a crazy year. Um, Everybody's coming off crazy year with COVID. Seventeen total games, five divisional ones, and then you guys had had you didn't really have a conference lead or a conference season last year. Um, You guys just had end up having to play a best-of-three series with Lewis and Clark. Um, So when you talk about some of these, even these guys that are second year freshmen. they really are the first time through the league uh, this year and then they're gonna be growing alongside of it but uh, you know you start off the year uh, start off the conference play on a, on, a, on a high note you're starting to go uh, pretty well right now um can you just talk about the rest of the season and uh, and uh, you know you guys I know you guys made the long trip already nine hours but uh, um, just a cascade and kind of what you thought about think about some different teams and things like that
2: yeah i'm I'm stoked about um, this second half of the season, you know, especially getting to see some of our, our opponents here in the first, you know, this December month. And we've now seen five teams. Um, and so I, I'm feeling very confident about our group moving forward. Um, I think we have the, the, the depth. I think we have, uh, you know, strength. We can score inside. We can, you know, we got some shooters and we can really defend. So I think we have a lot of pieces. Um, for us specifically, I think one of our biggest challenges is most high school seniors right now, they or I guess most college freshmen, I should say in their minds, their seasons are done because they're three and a half months into the school year. And that's about how long your, uh, your high school season is, you know? And so I think you always see freshmen um, in the college level uh, have to kind of recharge about this time of the year and figure out, oh shoot, we, we got seven months to play. We're not just three <laughs> and a half months in high school. So I think our biggest challenge is we are leaning on some young guys, and and uh, I think that we're going to have to make sure that they are you know physically healthy, mentally healthy to be able to get through the end of the season and and operate at the level you know that they're capable of. And I feel really good about the group we have. Our senior leaders are doing a great job of of educating those guys. Uh, but you know we get we get right off this break next Monday, and and we get to go to. Um, uh, Bushnell University and Corbin University on the road and that is a hard trip I mean I don't know how many times um, we've gone on the road and, and and only split it maybe you know a couple times I, I think I remember one time maybe sweeping that road trip in in the last couple years um, and those are talented teams and they got athletes in depth and they've had great preseason schedules and so you know that's going to be a challenge for us right away as we come off the break but this league is, is super tough. Um, obviously, we had a chance to see OIT, and they are experienced. They, you know, they, a fun fact for them is they have 115 minutes back from their national championship uh, game that yep. they played three years ago. Yep. So yep. I mean, I looked out there at one point. I was Justin Parnell's a good friend of mine at OIT, and I told him after the game that we played, I looked out there. He had four fifth-year seniors out there. <laughs> you know that's hard to compete against.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, and, especially on the road, and and they're they're a lot better than what their their record shows too. And yes. like I said, they're they're starting to find their their groove a little bit here. And, uh, you know, I I, I think one thing that uh, you know makes you guys prepared for the league too. And and I always say that defense travels, but just your style of play, um, you know, you guys we're kind of living in a, in a world right now where most teams are training to play fast and up tempo and all that. And you guys really play a grinded out style, and, and I very, very few often or very few times um, of, of watching you guys over the past few years. Um, do you guys let somebody else dictate the tempo? Can you just talk about your philosophy a little bit, both uh, offensively and defensively, and how? Uh, I mean, obviously having veteran leadership to to mold guys uh, that, but can you just talk about kind of how you how you ingrained that into your team?
2: Yeah, we. We found a couple a uh, couple years ago. We found a, a unique system. Uh, we're we're on our fifth year of running a, a zone, a kind of a matchup zone, and uh, it's been really fun to develop, and it's been fun to try to stay one step ahead of everybody because because we have great coaches out here, and they're figuring out different you know systems and um, and, and, and you know ways to try to beat it. Um, but it's be, kind of become a staple of our program and. And when we implemented the zone defense, we ended up going to the final four back-to-back years with it. And then the third year of the zone was the year that we were number one in the country and went on a 26-game win streak at the end of the year. Um, and so I have a I have a hard time every summer in my head. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I ask myself, should we go back to man? Should we <laughs> you know, should we do something different? We have different personnel. They'll, they'll thrive in a different thing. And And I always I look at the statistics and I just come back to every time I'm like, we can't mess with it. The zone works. It works for us. Um, But it works for the type of kids we recruit as well. I mean, we we try to recruit tough nosed kids who are willing to sacrifice. um, And because we do play a a style because our zone is difficult, it does draw out the shot clock, which limits our offensive opportunities as well. Um, And so you got to have kids that are willing to sacrifice yeah um, and you got to have kids that are willing to be patient in the zone and just allow it to work and uh but we've we we love it and and
0: we expect it to keep going for many years yeah and i don't uh I imagine part of uh your thought process going into this year um with the three-point line moving back um may, maybe mess with you a little bit on what you what to do but i think uh it actually, uh, just from watching you guys, uh, you know, I, I think it's actually better now the three-point line is moving back. I think it makes their defense even that much, which a lot of people aren't going to want to hear that, but it uh, makes their defense even better because, you know, now people have to take even deeper shots and, and to try to get you And You can say maybe it spreads you out a little bit more, but it hasn't spread you out much this year from what I've seen.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's been an interesting thing trying to – we've kind of changed our, our footwork a little bit just because there's new lines on the court for sure. Uh, But that deeper line is definitely causing some issues for a lot of people. There's there's no question about it, including us um, in terms of being able to make threes as well. But uh, no, it it has helped our zone. But, you know, you brought up an interesting point earlier. You said tempo. And that is certainly something that we we put a ton of emphasis on. We want to definitely control the tempo, Um, whether it's playing fast or playing slow. That's definitely a focus for us. Every game is to try and control that.
0: Yeah, and that's that's just something that I think you guys do better than most people. You know, I, I always tell people, and uh, in, in Indiana Wesleyan one of those people, they play fast, you know, and we talked about them a little bit a while ago. I don't know how much you've been able to watch them, but, you know, one thing that they've been able to do, and, and I think you guys do it in a different way, um, is that you're just better at what you do more times than what other people are at what they do. And that's what uh, makes teams really tough to beat is when – when you can really, you know, you're used, so used to playing your tempo, and nobody really takes you out of it. But so we tell our guys all the time is, is, uh, you know, it's it's up
2: to us to control it. People can scout us, but they can't scout your toughness. You know, they can't they can't scout how hard you play. Um, and I and I think that we do that very well in within our system.
0: Appreciate you uh you giving some uh, giving us some time today. I know uh, for those that don't know behind the scenes, uh, we had had a few tech issues, but I'm glad we finally got it sorted out. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, as, as always, you know, the Yotes are so fun to watch. Um, they're playing in, in one of the best con- best conferences in the country. Um, what we always tell people uh, that uh, if you haven't seen them play and you haven't seen the league play, you need to get yourself used to it. Because I'm telling you right now that uh, just like when we covered the GSAC on, our, on an episode or a couple episodes ago, um, it's a league out west where they may play later games and people don't, people don't want to stay up late and watch them or, or for whatever reason they don't watch them a lot. And then comes March, and you know all these West Coast teams that people uh, they may be in the rankings, but people haven't watched them play enough, and they make deep runs in the tournament. And it's a lot of it's just because of uh, people not paying attention. So- but
2: I appreciate everything you guys do for us, and and love following you guys. So definitely tune into our games. Uh, our, our Saturdays are now at five p.m. So no excuses for anybody around the country.
0: You know my, you know my, you know another great uh episode or another great talk uh with an nai coach as, as coach blaine uh was able to give us uh, share some time uh with us and, and talk about his team and the yotes uh coming off obviously a good weekend um but uh another another league out west you know as we head into january um we'll, we'll start talking a little bit more on the podcast uh, as the ratings come out but uh, we have arc ratings the arc uh patent and uh you know, as we, as we move out west, you know, the the GSAC, and we talked about how great a weekend they had, but uh, they share an arc with uh, the Cascade. And and so, you know, uh, the Yotes and and uh, teams like Lois and Clark State and all those guys uh, being in the same ARC, um, it'll be interesting to see how that shapes out as we talk, start getting ready for seeding, uh, you know, positioning uh, for the national tournament. But uh, the Yotes definitely uh, uh, putting themselves in a great position, uh, moving forward, not just to win the, the Cascade, but uh, also uh, to to be ranked as one of the better ARC uh, teams, and uh, probably a team that will make a deep run, um, or in position to make a deep run. Uh, defense seems to win uh, come tournament time, and, and they're a team that plays some great defense. You know, as we <laughs> as we turn in uh, and start going into holiday uh, weekend here, um, we we do have some conference games. The River States and the Chicago Land uh, def- are still going to have uh, some matchups. Um, and then, you know, later on tonight, we're going to see a good matchup between Rochester and, uh, Concordia. Um, this is one we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, where teams, uh, why we, we still have a month, uh, to build your resume up until the next rankings go out. Um, this is a Rochester team that, uh, ha- just had a good week too. You know, they knocked off IWU, uh, uh, two weeks ago. And then this weekend they knocked off number 20 Central Methodist. So, um, going down to Daytona beach, uh, and if they can come, come away with, a uh win over Concordia uh, tonight. You know That's a team that you may see in the top 25 uh, come middle of January.
1: And then you look at another one in the CCAC with, with St. X taking on Trinity Christian. It's crazy to think. It's almost time to start talking about conference tournament seating. And this these are two teams who are really going to be fighting for positioning um, come February. So interesting to see how, how that one plays out. And then, of course, some other ones, St. Francis plays Cal, St. Joe. Um, and St. Francis is a team that I know has been under the weather, but but has some really experienced guys that I think really have a chance. If somebody's going to compete size wise with all of that, they, they might be the team in the CCAC to compete with all of that size wise.
0: Well, when we talked about it, we talked about it already, and this is this is the fun part: is that we're starting to get to the to that time of year where where some of the things we talked about early on in the year and as a, as we're painting pictures for conference titles and, and things like that, but. You know, you're when you talk about conference seating, uh, some of these teams won't make the conference tournament either. So, um, you, you know, if you if you've lost four or five games already in conference play in some of these big leagues, you, you got to start winning some games yeah. here to 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 even make the, the postseason. So, um, you know, and, and and part of that, Pat, as, as we know, um, and, and we can get back to games here in a minute, but uh Uh, maybe build off that that conversation is that uh, some of these teams are going to start bringing some guys in and and you're going to see some some new names on some roster the NEI has a has a unique rule Uh, we elaborate we alluded to a little bit last week and we want to go a little bit more in depth on it but the NEI has a unique unique rule a transfer rule where um, as long as you're meeting the the credits and and GPA to transfer you can play right away at the NEI at at semester um, and transfer in so Um, We're going to start seeing some guys here as as January comes in um, that weren't on rosters the first semester. Um, And and whether you're a national title contender getting stronger or or some of these other conference teams that uh, are going to make a big push, you may see some teams that struggled first semester. Uh, All of a sudden, you're going to see them second semester and they're going to look like a new team because they are. Yeah. And we talked about how teams now have the
1: scouting report on freshmen oh, by the way, here's a, a brand new roster or, or this transfer that's coming that's going to be able to shoot the lights out or a 6'8 post player that's now on the roster. It's like teams have to be ready to adjust. But there's obviously going to be some sort of growing period. I mean, there are some, we've seen it, impact, impact transfers that come that semester. So how those teams mesh, how those teams come together, how those pieces all fit together really, you know, is to be determined. But like you said, these teams are pushing for for conference tournament seedings, and and they have an opportunity to now to revamp their roster. And unfortunately, the way this works, sometimes there's additions, and sometimes there there happen to be subtractions. So what teams look like now certainly doesn't mean that's what they're going to look like come January first or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, and and uh, and even you know they may have some new names or 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 not have the same names on their roster uh january 1st but then like you said uh you know as that adjustment period comes around they they may get to february and all of a sudden uh you know if, if they are in the conference tournament but they have a you know let's say a, a 12 and 10 type of record you know but they've rifled off seven in a row um uh, you know those are the teams that you got to watch out for coming to the conference tournament because uh you know, those are the teams that are just starting to figure out whether it be those freshmen, you know, that, that are growing up, or a new name on a roster that uh, is an impact name. Um, it it just—it's just a fun. Uh, I, I know people may not like it or, or may not understand it, but hopefully, we paint a picture for it a little bit. But it, it does make the NEI a little bit different come second semester because there's some teams that, um, you know, that get those impact transfers that uh, you know is just the right piece at the right time and and uh, make a make a big second half run and. Uh, Maybe a team that may not even be in the top 25 right now that all of a sudden you see in the national tournament that, uh, and you're like, where did they come from? Well, it's because they maybe added that piece or two uh, that was a perfect fit at the break.
1: Yeah, and before we can get to those new rosters, we kind of have to finish this semester strong, right? And so I kind of said earlier one game that I'm really looking forward to is this St. X versus Trinity Christian team. I I saw St. X hold Holy Cross to 51 points the other night. Um, They're a team that can guard defensively Trinity Christian obviously has some offensive firepower. So it'll be interesting to see. And this is the fun time of year, right, where we won't see a whole lot of non-conference games um, starting the first of the year. So it's going to be a league play, night in and night out, and teams have to be ready night in and night out for everybody's best
0: shot. Yeah, and I'm going to cheat a little bit uh, because uh, we're not going to – because of the holiday weekend, uh, we won't have a, have an episode next uh, next week. So I'm actually going to jump ahead to Wednesday, December 29th for my uh, game to kind of watch out for. Um, and that's a, the that's a team that we talked about a little bit earlier that coming off a great weekend in that Olivet Nazarene. Um, and they're going to travel to St. Francis, Indiana uh, for, and go over to Fort Wayne um, for, for a game. And, you know, St. Francis limped, in, limped into the break a little bit. Um, and they're going to come out of the break uh, and, and they got to play this Olivet Nazarene team. And now it's gross. Um, for for people that don't haven't watched Saint Francis you know they're, they're not a big team at all um, so going in and having to uh, face a, a, a player like Alex Gross and an a, and a oliveivet Nazareth team excuse me and an Olivet Nazareth team that is uh, starting to find themselves that's a very interesting game coming uh, coming out of the holiday weekend
1: yeah and shame on you for cheating you know what
0: <laughs> and because that same Saint
1: Francis team is playing Holy Cross on December 28th. And, and, you know, hopefully give St. Francis a little bias here, their fifth straight loss. So yeah, we'll circle that one on the 28th as well.
0: Well, I want to make sure that, you know, we, we went on an episode uh, without you uh, mentioning Holy Cross. So I, I had to, had to throw a softball at you so you could hit it out of the park yeah. and make sure you get that, that uh, talk in there. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, for us, you know, it, it's just a, it's a fun time of year. There's just going to be so many things that, uh, that change and, and and again you know some of these teams will change for the good some of them will change for the bad but uh, usually the 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 picture that is painted already um while it may change a little bit it won't change drastically i also want to give a little bit of a shout out uh, pat because you know there's a couple teams outside of the top 25 right now uh, I, I i put it on twitter um and i know it's it's been been kind of blown up a little bit but uh there's a Paul Quinn team out of out of Texas, and, and then Alice Lloyd out of Kentucky uh, that are undefeated right now. And um, you know, while while they're probably not ranked because their their schedule not overly uh, hasn't been overly tough, but like Paul Quinn's knocked off um, a top ten Sagu team, you know that uh, uh, has been playing good basketball too. So so Paul Quinn does have a really really good win. Um, for those that don't know, they have one of the coolest courts in America um, at any level. Uh, they just painted their new court. Um, it's been all over social media. ESPN ran a ran a special on it as well. Um, but it's it's a very very unique court. If you haven't seen it, make sure you look it up. We can also share it as well. Um, but uh, just don't want to give out two two to a shout, or a shout out to two teams that because uh, because just because uh, when I made that post that Twitter post, uh, we had some people hit us up that didn't know that they were undefeated. So you know I want to make sure we give out a shout out to Paul Quinn and Alice Lloyd, the two teams that. Uh, um, have taken care of business so far this year. doesn't matter who's on your schedule. You still got to win those games. And they've, uh, they've done that to this point and um, just uh, right, yeah. cool. If cool you're undefeated they... up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. If cool if thing you're doing something, to... something right. Yeah. Cool thing to cool thing to, to go a whole semester uh, undefeated. So uh, maybe two teams to, to keep an eye on as they come out of break and, and see how they see if they can continue their streaks. Uh, but uh, Pat, um, other than that, I, I don't have much for you. I uh, hope you uh, and all of uh, NEI Hoops Nation have a uh, great holiday weekend, a uh, great Christmas. Um, you know, it's been a been a fun first semester, and I, I can't uh, wait to see what we have uh, as we come back out of out of break uh, as we take a week off next week.
1: Right, yeah. Likewise, happy holidays, everybody. This is the time of year where it starts getting ramped up. So excited to to hit the ground running come second semester.
0: As always, uh, you know this is Pat and Jr uh, saying happy holidays and we will see you in two weeks